It's the old Doctor Who show, episode number 101, Ambassadors of Death. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a jerk again? The TARDIS has been working properly and capable of many amazing things. Because the polarity of the neutron flow is that the TARDIS will be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's divinity. It's by the purpose of the... Resulting reaction is fighting. Are you ready? Welcome back to the old Doctor Who show, your tri-weekly classic Doctor Who review podcast. My name is Eric. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by the better half of this duo... Dan, I'm not the you, better Dan? half. This is this is. Uh, I have this weird sense of deja vu, and I, I couldn't quite explain why. Yeah, because we had a little bit of a problem. Well, we've complained about it before. Uh, maybe we need to set up a Patreon just to try to get some new equipment. Um, but in this case, it was completely human error. Uh, totally. Well, yeah, it's, Dan it's, had forgotten it over here. I had recorded it and then checked to make sure the recording sounded okay and then forgot to hit record again. Right. So and, and before we'll that, uh, we tr- sat down and I put on – my headphones were <laughs> eaten by the dog. Uh, so I used my daughter's headphones and they literally – they were like those five below pieces of crap uh, headphones. They, the whole thing fell apart. So now I have a pile of broken – You literally took it off your head and <laughs> your cups fell off. It was amazing. Just – Wow, single-use headphones. Oh, such a good time. Such a good time. I mean, it's like, hey. Everything's great right now. What could, what could um, go? Hey, hey, guys, 2020, am I right? Um, yeah, oh, my so, goodness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so just a, speaking a, a of quick Doctor thing. Who. <laughs> speaking of Doctor Who, you and, I, you and I have been talking about how um, uh, neither of us are really watching the current or most recent season of uh, new who yeah i i and, did not uh, have bbc america and uh you had right. if i'm correct had seen at least two of the episodes of the new season and weren't a, a fan correct i was watching it as it aired and you know on bbc america it's uh like five minutes of show and 20 minutes of commercial five minutes of show it's just it's impossible and even when you can skip ahead it's just super annoying to like skip 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 and they have to go back because you went to it's just i couldn't get into it so for me, it felt like, well, the story wasn't holding my attention and the commercials made it worse. So, like, I just, I figured I'd, I'd wait until it became available to stream without commercials. And then Eric tells me what? Yeah, it's on it's HBO available. Max, which was very nice. Yeah, very nice. So, it has all of the new Who, including the most recent season now. And because of that, I started plowing through it. You said you started watching it. I, I got Yeah, the, yeah. so I, I had been like waiting, and I think I in. talked about, uh, I never like to spend money. So, I was, I was, I had been debating, like, <laughs> Ugh, do I spend thirty dollars on no. the new season? Because I, I like Doctor Who. I I don't have BBC. America, Wait, you like so. Doctor Who? I, it turns out I like. I was a fan of Doctor oh, Who. Okay. It's weird cool. that I, cool. I feel. I actually feel like a great weight has been lifted off of me. Um, now that you're but yeah, people, so, you so people like. were telling me on Twitter like, "Oh, you should just. It's pretty good to so spend the thirty dollars." But anyway, I waited. And I kept yeah. checking HBO Max because they had all of the seasons, I guess, whatever licensing deal they have with, with uh, Comcast. Not Comcast, AT&T or whoever yeah. the, the yes, uh, right. multi-billion dollar corporation is that's running that. <laughs> they had everything but the new season. And just, a, I think, like a month ago, maybe, or so, it uh, popped up. So I've, I watched the first episode, which I had kind of mixed feelings about. Overall, I liked it. I like James Bond, so there's a whole James Bond thing. This is the third yeah. time or fourth time I've told you this because I don't know which yeah, I, version I'm going to pretend it's the first is. time. It's I find okay. sometimes I find the, the script a little corny and a little mm-hmm. uh, cringy. Overall, I liked it. I'm looking forward to so, the second episode. You've watched a lot more, so let's hear. What I you watched think. a bit more, and and the part that got me really excited is I I kind of knew. Uh, because you can't avoid some of this stuff on Twitter, but I tried to avoid as much as possible. I knew that there was some big mythology building that was coming in this season, and I finally got to the beginnings of that, and I was very excited about it. I, I love what they're doing, and the uh, person portraying the role, I think, is does an excellent job. So it's it's a is lot it of fun. Like it has a, a callback. It's a Gallifrey, a Rassilon kind of, that kind of stuff. I'm not, I, I really do want you just to yeah, kind of see it. it. So I'm not, not going to say anything about it, except that... It. Their 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 performance is great, and it has a kind of callback to earlier things in 
knew who and maybe even before but it has some callbacks that are that are interesting in terms of the way the plot mechanic works so that's it was super fun i was very excited about that i know there's a whole bunch more coming up towards the end of the season so i'm, I'm very excited to keep going through that yeah i like jody whitaker's doctor oh. for the most part but a lot of the, the time the stories are weak yeah uh which you is, have i don't to think it's fair to, to her you have to listen to like right now we should just stop the show oh, no, um uh david Tennant's podcast Yes, is, is very good, very very good. But he had um, uh, Jody Whitaker on. I guess not. I don't know. I just started listening to him, so maybe it was a long time ago, and I just found it. But I, I would listen to that recently, and that's a lot of fun. Um, and also, uh, 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 oh, Jesus Christ, uh, Donna Noble. Um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, Tate, Sharon Tate, the yes, late Sharon Catherine, Tate. Catherine, Catherine Tate, Sharon Tate. Yeah, the late great Sharon Tate. Um, uh, that one was also incredible. But anyway, David Tennant is a very, very good interviewer. Um, highly. Now I got to check podcast. it out. I mean, so I remember everyone, when that stop launched. listening to our podcast and just listen to that instead. Oh, okay. It's much better than this. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we'll have him on. How's that for a sweet tweet? <laughs> that is likely. That is likely to happen. Yep. Uh, all um, right. So you were saying she did a good interview, and they went into some of the writing issues or anything? S- s- well, uh, just 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 her take on the character and and uh, the pressures of coming to it, and how she kind of. The the uh, toxic fandom. What do you call it? The tension. Oh. The con- the tension between wanting to know about the character's history, uh, but also making it her own. Um, so that push and pull was really interesting. So how she arrived at, at this character, which I think feels like a totally natural doctor. It's a great evolution of the character, but she really kind of came to it herself. Um, so no, I think she's good. I think she's good, and I think the cast is also good. Like as There's actors, a lot of them, though. but I feel like what I complained about mostly last time was it was a series of really good moments that had no through line. Yeah, and like they just felt like small scenes, and there was never you never really felt like well, there was a uniform story or something running through it. Maybe that gets fixed this season. But you just said I what say, I was gonna, was going to complain about is there's too many people. I don't like, and I don't like in yeah. classic Doctor Who, and I certainly don't like in New Who when you have three different companions and the doctor because you never spend enough time i feel like with the three and they always bring a person that's relative to the story so it's some scientist or it's some whoever that is going to work with them and then so you even lose Mm -hmm. more time to develop anyone so i feel like if they they got rid of one of them it would be good that that exact thing where you bring in another character for that one story, and then there you follow them, and you lose. Yeah, that definitely happens a lot in in this series, from what I've seen so far. But I will say there is a moment in maybe the fifth or so episode of this series. Um, there's a great moment between Yaz and Ryan, and also Graham to some extent, and I think it really gelled the whole crew together in a way that I really appreciated, and feels like it should have happened very early in the previous season and just didn't. So right. it really feels like they're coming to it late, but it, I I remembered you having said this, and I was like, oh, I think when, when you get to this, I think you might feel the same way. Like, oh, this really actually starts to feel like a cohesive whole, but it is very hard for them to get enough. It's hard, and I, I feel like you two, two is kind of great. I mean, you have, you see yes. that, like, Buffy, you've got Xander and Willow and Buffy, but then you get Cordelia and some of these other characters that aren't always there. But are yep. around, and they did that with um, who is the uh, guy from Little Britain whose name I'm blanking on the guy that was in Doctor Who when uh, yes two yes 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 and now you he's didn't get him all that. of the time yeah yeah but just you know what I mean like you can have like sort of a in quote companion that it isn't part of the crew every episode episode but you bring him in take him out like the brigadier the brigadier wasn't always. Yes. Yes. There, but he was someone you knew that you could get every once in a while. I feel like they got to move to that because yeah. I, I just, I don't know why they, I don't know why they have so many people. It was like let her just be the doctor. I'd rather see more time with her bouncing off of one or two people. Yeah. Than I would. This is going on. This I don't know. Whatever. This we're not yeah. here to talk about anyway, new was, who, Dan. We're here to talk that about was Matt Lucas. Who. Matt Lucas. I do like the way yes. that Matt Lucas. Yeah. And and I just want to say real quick. Last thing before jumping, that he's now one of the co-presenters on the Great British Baking Show, as we call it in America, okay. on Netflix. Um, so that's great. You get to see him with uh, uh, Noel instead. I don't know if you watch that show. It is I do not. The, the I do calming not, I, I, island. It is it is an island of calm 
uh, for my psyche <laughs> once a week, and it's it is wonderful. I highly recommend. Yeah, and I anyway, think we all we all let's need talk that. about. So yeah, we're not here to talk, and we've already angered that one guy that said we're not supposed to ever talk about New Who. He signed up for Classic Who. He wants Classic Who. Ugh. So here's some Classic Who right in your face. Hit that button, Dan. Oh, there you are. What happened? Well, we both got caught in the time warp field and were projected into the future. Into the future? Yes, but uh, only about 15 seconds. But I haven't been anywhere. You vanished. No, no, no. You vanished first. I only seem to have vanished because you went into the future, and I wasn't there yet. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Richard Thing seems to have packed up again. Still, we're on the right lines. Okay, this is Jeopardy. No, this is the <laughs> Ambassadors of Death, Dan. Uh, this is the third serial of the seventh season, uh, Lucky Number 7. How is it only the seventh season? Feels like it should be later that you get a Pertwee. I mean, it's Pertwee's first yeah. first run, but we have already went through Hartnell and uh, Troughton, and we only did six seasons. Seems right? Odd. Okay. This, it does, you're, I feel the same because there's a thousand episodes. Like <laughs> there's a yes. hundred thousand episodes. They're all eight parts. How? Yep. Like was a season four years? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so so anyway, this is uh, the Ambassadors of Death. As I said, this was broadcast in seven parts. Uh, way back in 1970, uh, it was written by Trevor Ray, Terrence Dix, uh, although I guess Trevor Ray was uncredited, uh, David Whitaker's the title card right. guy, but I had, I had read that Terrence Dix did a bunch of rate rights on it, and I think Malcolm Hulk, Hulky, whatever, also wrote on it, so it seems like this went through a few people. This was, uh, yeah, produced by Barry Letts. So what happened in this uh, story? Well, that's an excellent question. It turns out there was a capsule that they had lost contact with that they were sending a astronaut to see, and then a bunch of people got swapped out, and there was sounds, and there was lots of fighting and intrigue, and uh, yeah, what'd you think? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was the quickest one ever. <laughs> well, I will, I will say I completely even forgot we were supposed to record today because I was building a animatronic and i told i told dan i was like let's do it at 10 a.m let's record the podcast and i think 10 30 i checked my phone totally. and like what is going on so I, I didn't i may not have written the uh description uh for this one it doesn't show time. it doesn't show that that seemed really well prepared. yeah i gotta That's stop fine. announcing when i'm uh, winging it because i don't think people <laughs> would be aware yeah, no. But what did weird. happen? I mean, there's um, seven parts. I feel like no, we covered it. It was so much. Um, there's a first lot. of all, I do want to mention that the writer David Whitaker also wrote the much better story, Enemy of the World, in my opinion. Oh yeah, anyway, yeah, I agree with you. On throw that. that out there. Um, so yeah, this was a uh, just like so many uh, stories of this era. It's a seven parter that could have been a four parter. Yeah, in my opinion, I agree. By hundred percent. Um, but. I think the beginning few episodes of this story were full of plot, full of really interesting ideas. Um, a lot of uh, the the characterizations and the interactions of the characters were a lot of fun and back and forth. And then over the course of seven parts, the story just kept getting weighed down and weighed down and weighed down. I got to say from the top, I'm very lukewarm on this story. I, uh, I like some parts of it. I think it had some good moments, but generally overall... It just—I was very excited after the first few because I, I watched it over the course of three different days. So I watched a couple of parts in one day, a couple of parts another day, and so on. And and the, after watching a few parts in the first day, I was like, "Oh, this is this is super fun." I mean, it's a long story, but if it's all like this, it's gonna be great. And by the end, it just kind of didn't do anything for me. That aside, um, you know, starting off with uh, the the doctor, you know, he's been. Um, exiled to earth he's there with liz shaw i think we've only seen liz shaw one or two stories before this that we've reviewed uh we've done um, yeah probably we saw the one where she was introduced three. we did the one immediately before this which was the uh Silurians, right dr Silurians, right okay yep, that's uh, right. we did the first one 
which with is her. Spearhead from Space. I think she's in that one. That's when we meet her, right? Is she? Yes. Okay. And then anyway, we saw another I, one after that. We saw well, well, oh, yes. East Berlin. Inferno. That was the uh, yeah. When yes. We get to see East the Berlin. Nazi, uh, totally right. I forgot. So, you're I right, think you're right. right. I, I think it's about two, uh, th- three of them we probably did before. Yeah. She's only, as far um, as I know, on one or two seasons, and then she's gone. Yeah, she's... I, and, and I, I like, like her. her. She's got this. that big-ass pocketbook. She's not afraid to use she's, those boots. Cowboy hat occasionally. Uh, you know, yep. and cowboy hats, I think, was a thing, because I feel like when Joe comes, yes. I feel like she rocks a cowboy hat, too, so that must have been the uh, style at the time. It's the 70s, man. Hats were big. Yep. Um, These boots so, were made for walking, um, Dan. Big hats were big. I think you know Liz. Liz is um, a great companion. You know she's she's capable. She's smart. She's resourceful. Um, she's independent for most of the story. She's in her own. Um, she's you know she gets kidnapped later and is forced to to assist um, in in the machinations of the plot. Um, so what could have gone with another companion in a damsel in distress. Um, direction wasn't. She was very much capable and trying to take care of herself. And yeah, know, even a, yeah, even when she gets Great. quote unquote kidnapped, she's at work. She's working. She's working it through. Yep. and she's plotting to yep. how to get out on her own. So yeah, she's so she's good. A, a great character. So that um, I feel it's a little bit. Uh, they a lot of a, a little bit, a lot of bit, a little a lot, a lot little, of bit of a missed of opportunity because there's many scenes. I was like t- trying to t- say something to one of my kids about the boots. I was like, "Look at those boots!" And it took, like, and I was like, "Watch!" She's like, "What are you talking about?" And we had to w- w- wait like seven or eight minutes, even though she's in the scene, she doesn't have any lines. It's just cutting back and forth between the doctor and like a bunch of other people, and we're like waiting. Like eventually, they're going to give her a line, right? And they didn't give her a line, but then you had a long shot, and you could point out the boots. But I feel like there's lots of scenes where she's in where they're just writing, everyone else talking, and she's just supposed to be yeah. sitting there. Whatever. Yeah, well, it's again another another one of these things where there, there are a lot of characters, and they just keep adding on and adding on and adding on as they go. Of course, throughout this story, then they keep dying and dying and dying. There's a, yeah, lot, a lot of, of fighting and death. A well, lot of yeah. Lot the of gun second play. episode is just a bloodbath of just uh, people getting shot. Like when the army, so, comes, maybe that's even the first episode, but they come in and they're just just like a huge action scene. Unit comes and yeah, unit comes and, and uh, they triangulated the signal. It's, it's so much and. You know that scene goes on forever. Yeah, there's it is a lot of scenes like that. Very that go long. On too long. So many. Like to me, that scene, the fight scene, which you know, we'll come to the. the you mean when when there's like they'll just start playing like weird jazz or like 28 yeah. m- minutes of flute music when they're driving the capsule back. I'm like you just exactly. watch them drive the capsule yeah. back to but that. So like, many of those. Uh, so we have the, we the fight yeah. scene that's that's probably three times it's longer. Like Jethro Tull is rocking. <laughs> He's in the capsule. We got the the lorry <laughs> taking the capsule. That takes forever. We got the car chases, which are fine, but they're not very exciting. and They don't really go anywhere. We got the laundry truck that, that takes and dumps the bodies. That takes forever. There's just so yeah. many I did like the laundry shots. truck when they hit the thing. And again, it's like the spy thing. That. And it's very this whole thing is very spy, espionage, yeah. double crossing, triple agent kind of thing. I like when they hit the button yeah. and the, the, the side of it changes to another company. Let me just... Change the light. Note that type. real quick. Yeah. So it was um, Haywood. Uh, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Hayho uh, Laundry. Then yeah. it flips to uh, what was the name of the person? The so it's it's a reference to two different uh, production assistants. Oh, uh, Silcock Bakery. So um, the Hayho is the floor manager, and Silcock was a production assistant. Um, two women. So anyway, it was just nice little little Easter egg call outs. So, uh, b- leaving that all aside. Do we want to go through some of the plot? Well, Dan, <laughs> I will tell like... you, Dan, I will tell you what I thought tell of me. this thing. No, I didn't want to hear just, your opinions. You're just going to cut me off, I Dan. I don't want to hear your opinions. Okay, uh, yes. Sorry yeah, I about felt that. the same way. I, 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 <laughs> okay, cool. I thought it I actually really liked it. Like, I liked the, especially the first two episodes. It's got, like, a yeah. Kubrick feel to the whole thing. Like, I really liked a lot of the choices they were making in the cross-cutting. I thought oh, there were, I wanted there, to ask you about that. Yeah, those, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Like when when they play the sounds, like when they're getting these weird sounds and they're just like cutting. Yeah, uh, I felt like the lights were too bright in the studio at one point. Like there was a very like the light must have been like three feet from the brigadier's face because he was coming in hot. Uh, his yeah. uh, forehead was brightening up the thing. I thought I, I mentioned Liz and her big ass pocketbook. I thought that was cool. Uh, there was one shot later later on when they are. Um, 
I think they're getting ready to do a launch. And they show someone working at the desk, and I swear to God, she was like 12 years old. Like, it looked like Jodie Foster's <laughs> Iris from Taxi Driver, like, working the board. Did you see that? She wasn't I, on I was, the streets, man. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I liked it. I felt like it, it went off the rails a little bit. Or just, just it just outran its uh, content, and it just became just yes. stretched out a little bit. The plot yeah. itself was... Okay, I mean the the whole idea so that the you want to talk about yeah, like can, the, the whole the yeah. Whole I want you to summarize the plot because it, it did get not that it was convoluted because I don't think it was an exceptionally. I don't think it was a complex plot. I think for me it was because it was stretched out over the course of seven seven parts that yeah. it just kind of like all right, wait, what are they trying to do and yeah, why? So like, how did they meet? All right, well I will throw this out there Let's and do it. Hope that I got it right. So there's Carrington, right? So he is the yep. evil major general, whatever. Little Whatever he is. He had been on a previous mission to Mars and had yep. encountered this, these aliens. And one of his crew touched them, not realizing they're like uh, radiation weapons. So they'll, they'll kill you instantly if you touch them. He's convinced that they're going to destroy the Earth. But he doesn't uh-huh. tell a lot of people this part, I guess. And his idea is he is going to create, make it look like they've attacked the United or the United States, the the world, not the United States. Uh, I'm very, we're very uh, North American folks here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so he's going to make it look like they're a weapon. They're they're launching an invasion, so he could get the the UN or whoever to okay his desire to go full on and destroy this uh, alien. So he convinces them to send ambassadors down, and then he takes those ambassadors and uses it with his um, secret, his men, and he convinces one of the guys that works for the um, the British government that, I guess he doesn't give them all of the details of the plan, but just enough that they're going to use sort of a, sort of the military in a way. It's weird. It's like having like a government that has like some kind of cover-up going on. That uh, seems very timely <laughs> uh, for like you know, um, but yeah. So the, so the guy from the um, the uh, English government sort of knows, but he doesn't know the complete plan. He doesn't realize that he's using these things as weapons, but he knows enough about wanting to get credit for this invasion. So that I think is is the whole plan. So they kidnap these guys. They're going to have them run in and radiate radiate people, and then he and they use like a remote control to control these people. By the way. Somehow they knew that was going to work. Right. And then once he got okay, he would just invade. Now, he could have just came down and said, hey, these guys killed one of our crew. Let's invade. And then maybe he would have got his yes then instead of uh, adding all this other stuff. But, you know, that's where we're at. It's so convoluted that he – okay, so, right. So the general – I'm with you the whole way through the general previous mission – yeah, astronaut Car- dies. Carrington. It seems like after that, then they create a, a new government agency, the Space Defense Force or yeah, something or other. Yeah, Space Force. <laughs> we, like the U.S. has now. It's amazing. Um, so he has the, the Space Force. But then to go through, like you said, the this plot machinations to when did he talk to the aliens to get them to send the ambassador? When did little, that communication happen? I was a little happen? fuzzy on that. But I guess it happened somehow. How? They didn't have any communication. Maybe the first time. Yeah, it's very weird. Because then they send up these three. So he's the first mission to Mars, right? So then there's another mission to Mars. So maybe, maybe he went up to Mars. His person got killed. Then he told them at that moment. They were like, oh, this was a mistake. And he was like, okay, well, then send us a delegation of three people, and we'll send you three people. We'll do a swap, and then we'll work this out. And they were like, okay. And then he went back home, and then he sent three people up, and then they got swapped. And they got swapped by by not being told what was going on. So if it was some kind of negotiation, somehow they tricked them into a matrix situation where they were hallucinating watching a, a soccer match on a TV, yeah, right. and they thought they were in quotes, whatever. And then he got home, and then he planned to it, but it, get take these astronauts Eric, back okay, by sending so, another guy up, and then that yes. guy. Yeah, I forgot so about the other guy. How did they? How did he communicate <laughs> with the aliens to set up the ambassadors coming? 
it might make sense that they maybe he did it met each other the, on Mars. Right, that first time. And then they, they set it up then. But he comes back and then later he was this this was a long time ago. Then it becomes a general. Then they create this space stages. It wasn't like, okay, next we're we're this the plot's it was years in the making to it, Yeah. And, and there's and no way we that know that there's sense. at least a six month period is it six months, I think they say, since they had since these three astronauts left Mars. Right, Six I mean, that, in the, the, the yeah, the beginning of the part one, they're sending a single that. astronaut to find, find because them, they have yeah. no communication, and I believe right. they say no one has. They were alive when they left Mars, and that was like six months ago. Because it probably would take a long, long time to okay, go from sure. Mars to to the this. To, this well, apparently not. The story they takes keep place in modern up time, right? In quotes, this is nineteen seventies. Sure. So I think yes. that's probably right. I don't. But know. But they send up a, they send up the doctor, and he's there in like two minutes. I know he's not in two minutes. It's the story is time. Well, he's, and maybe it took he's, hours. Yeah, but, but like, he's, he's not at Mars in two minutes. He's at the ship in two minutes, which is outside of Earth's orbit. Right. So the, but the, that ship went up so to the, dock with the ship that they were. So they weren't actually. They didn't make it to Mars. They no, were. No, that they made it to Mars. To, right. They make it to and Mars. They didn't make it back. And then they're leaving Mars to go this, to Earth. During that travel from Mars to Earth, they lose communication with the thing. And then it arrives, okay. but it can't land. Oh. They can't talk to it. It's okay. just floating around Earth's okay. atmosphere. And they okay, send up a single guy to Thank say you. what's up. And yep. that's where the doctor yep. goes. Yep. And the do- even the, talk about time. Even just to get the doctor up there takes a half hour. And they're like, the doctor's bored. And he's like, hey, does it really gonna, how long is it going to take, man? And they're like, T-minus 30 minutes or whatever. Right. Like, right. even that well, takes no, that was, a long time. Right, just to even get off the, the line. They keep back. talking yeah. about sending the doctor back or into space. He's like, I'm a pilot, man. And that's like two or three episodes before he actually goes. Yeah. And you keep thinking yeah. it's going to happen, and it just does not happen. No. I will say this. I'm complaining, complaining, complaining about time. I watch this in a way that you're not supposed to watch it. You're not supposed to watch it the way I did, which was two episodes one night, five episodes yesterday. Like, yeah. no one should... They're not designed to, to watch the way... To binge them. So, yeah. So it well, that's the way we watch all of these. It felt, like, really tedious by the end. Like, oh, God, just get on with it already. Well, okay. Yes, I agree with that. Like, these were aired weekly... And that's how they were constructed, and that's how they were originally consumed. But, you know, then they came out on VHS and DVD and whatever, and people watched them and still, you know, love them at that point. I, I can't imagine watching stories like these week to week and feeling really <laughs> invested in them. Even with, like, the even with the cliffhangers that they have, which are which are pretty good. They're, they're fine cliffhangers. Um, it's not as though, oh, my God, I can't wait to next week to find out what happens. Like... Yeah, but it was a different time. I mean, I guess everyone's just like popping quaaludes. I'm sure it was like, why not? (laughs) Speaking of popping quaaludes, I really like the the anti-theft button on Bessie. Oh, my. That sticks. It felt very Batman 66. Like, it was like, it literally says in big letters, anti-theft device. That was just came out oh sort my God, of felt wait. like it was out of nowhere and we've been in bessie and i don't ever remember seeing a giant Eric, button that says anti-theft device it's always been there can i just tell no, no. can i just tell you that uh anti anti-theft device Forchfield, uh he's feeling like that that eras can't be batman those are my notes so oh, i yeah, actually said the exact same thing that's, that's like, ridiculous uh, i said it was, i also Ray. Shark repellent. I says yeah. <laughs> uh, feels too much like shark repellent. We should do a podcast <laughs> together, Dan. We should do a podcast together. Ridiculous. Yes. So there's that. There's a, a few things that the doctor does that are like, okay. So there's the magic trick he does, which isn't a magic trick. He can make the yeah. The, oh, I'm d- glad you brought that up. Disappear yeah, that's from one hand early. to the other. And he's just like, oh no, it's uh, you know can, transmigration of object. Yeah, he Duh. can do that now. He's like, and and he, he's he like. It. Yeah, before we were just popping. So, I guess we should start at the beginning. Popping at the very quaaludes. beginning, the doctor. This is Pertwee. From what I remember, the Time Lords have punished him, so he has forgotten a lot of stuff. So he has yep. it in his memory, but he can't really always recall it. He doesn't know how to fly the TARDIS, and he's trying to figure it out, right? Or there's a piece missing. I can't. 
In any case, Whatever. he can't leave. So it opens with him, and several of these open with him trying to fix the console of the TARDIS. Note to remind real you, quick. it's broken. Note real quick. This is the first time we're seeing the TARDIS outside the control panel outside of the TARDIS. It is. Um, this is the first time that we actually see okay. that. I didn't know. It's not the first time we see it. You and I. It's the first time it's seen in the story and and in color apparently. Um, okay, which is pretty cool. So uh, yes, but it did feel strange to have yeah. Like, so the so, full so they show they show thing. like the popping into the future, and I guess just to remind which the audience that he's a time traveler, but he doesn't time travel anymore. It doesn't make sense though what he explains when they go fifteen seconds. In the no, future. it doesn't it make doesn't a lot make of sense. sense. And then makes, later, makes to Dan's point, they run into the guy with is was it Oops. a fake beard? Italian, I think is his name. I, it they never said it was fake. fake. Maybe it was real. Whatever. The, yeah. In the story, it's supposed to be real. But I was looking at. It, I was like, is that? I like don't know. Glued on yeah. his face. He draws a, a gun on the doctor, right? I think this is the time that it happened. Yep. And then the doctor makes something disappear and then reappear. Makes, yeah. So it was the recordings that he had. Yeah. He needed the, something, the and he, he just boom, boom. He, he can do that. The doctor can, can just, just do that. make things disappear, and it's no big deal. I guess that happens throughout a bunch of different stories. Like, there's just this one-off that he can just do that. There's the one that I remember of... What was it? Was it McCoy? Was it McCoy that could do the, like, hypnosis with his eyes? Who's this? Um, in one of the stories when he's at Buckingham Palace, they, he does that thing. Yeah, I remember um, them now doing in, hypnosis before. I think a few doctors have done some Well, but they've, they've done the it with, like... does that. Yeah, but they don't with, like, like, like uh, a watch or whatever. This was this is a more, like, a mental telepathy. Te- I don't know. But they, they do that every once in a while. And, and in New Who, they're really leaning on the Doctor being able to, like, share thoughts in a Vulcan mind meld sort of way. Really? Which is, like, okay. okay. Yeah. Um, but at least they're being consistent with it. And, and now it's, like, it's an established thing. This thing where you could just, this, this transmigration of object where you could just make things disappear and reappear... Um, it's just a one-off here, and I don't think it ever comes up again. It's a really cool ability that probably would yeah, come in useful I, I, I in a lot of places. I don't remember seeing that before it's super strange, or after. Though. Speaking yeah. of consistency, so just, I felt bad happens. for the other Jeep. So when Unit is driving, they show a couple of Jeeps, and only one has a giant tire on the front. And the others don't. So, like, what happens if that guy breaks down? Does he have to, like, he's got to just sit there? Like, the Brigadier gets his big old tire in the front. Speaking this, of the brigadier, you... can we can we talk <laughs> about the brigadier as a no, no, soldier? No, no, no. I'd He's rather talk about the tire great. a little bit more. Can we, we talk about the tire? We could talk more about what? the tire. But the brigadier <laughs> is not good in some parts, and then other parts he's like a master marksman. So uh, oh, there's yes. a scene in the first episode, I think, or the second episode, where they've triangulated the the signal. This you know the weird communication, and that's yep how they figure it's out the first episode. Uh, they yeah. arrive at the place. He's got the guy dead to rights with his gun. The guy's got his gun drawn. Uh oh, I'll you know it's a, a standoff. I'll kill you. You kill me. But then, oh, his boy's there with some kind of like uh, thing on a Winch chain, thing. right? And yeah. the brigadier's like, now, and he throws it. And then you think, oh, okay, now the brigadier's got the advantage. No, he somehow after that situation loses his gun. Yeah, he loses his gun, and then the guy's going to kill the brigadier. How do you go yep. from from a standoff to an advantage to to you're going to get killed, and you only get by yeah. because this guy spares his life, and yet later on the brigadier shoots the gun out of someone's hand, when just he comes shoots him in the wrist. He shoots and the guy it, and doesn't the even have like a reaction, yeah, it's like no blood or whatever. It's like, Ow. And he has like a witty comeback, like well, you know. Welcome what was the point of that whole thing? Like, now, but, 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 and he throws it, and then he somehow the Brigadier loses his gun and advantage. If he had said nothing, the guy would have gotten knocked out. It would have been he fine. He should have threw the no, tire at him. That's why they have that one That's tire. That's what we needed. They should have But then him. you have those moments. So, like, like you said, the Brigadier has a crack shot and can shoot the guy in the wrist. Um, he also, you know, gets put under arrest by the crazy general and takes out two guys with a boom, 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 yeah. knocks them out and, and grabs the Jeep and has no problem there. So he's like a super, super soldier there. Yeah, it is a little inconsistent, but I mean, it's fine. I, I always like him, though. It's fine. What do you think of oh, he's Pertwee, great. though? Because this is this would be Pertwee's fourth story, I think, because this is his first season, so it's the second to last one. So he would have done at least Doctor Who and the Silurians and Spearhead from Space. It's interesting to see like that character develop. It's very. I don't know if he does any fighting in this, right? Does he do any judo judo chops? 
I can't Not remember, that but I it's recall, it, honestly. No, it's no, like it's more of the mental side of it. I can see sort of like the Hartnell, like hard to get along with part of him, and then sort of the there's something extremely charming about John Pertwee that I like, and I like him as a doctor. But I feel like this episode, you yeah. really saw the balance of those two, and kind of shifting towards the more likable one. Like when he first first meets. Cornish, this guy named Cornish. That's the good guy, the good yes. scientist. They yeah. sort of hate each other, and the doctor's sort of like a, kind of a jerk to him. Like he comes mm-hmm. in, he's yelling at everyone. I don't need papers for this, and this guy's an, a moron, uh, brigadier. And the brigadier's like, you should be nice to him. And the guy is a little yeah. stuffy or whatever. And then they they grow in each other. But it's interesting to see like that cranky doctor that becomes sort of the guy yeah. that's kind of winking at you also. And I don't know. What do you do? You yeah, like there's... him? And I forgot about the cape. Like he, I don't remember when he loses that cape, but he's got that black cape on that he had in um, right the little opera cape in Spearhead. Yeah, whatever. I think it it is definitely like a, the you can see the evolution of the character, like you said. Um, he's not so much some of the goofball sort of like mugging to the camera stuff that he, he does when he later, which the, I, I enjoy phone, very much. The, the, the... The, that's exactly <laughs> the shot I'm thinking of. That's exactly it. Um, <laughs> but so some of that, um, and, he, and he, he isn't doing the action hero stuff quite so much as he will later. So it, it feels like a character in transition or, you know, finding itself, but I, I like it. I think he's, he's great. I think his interactions with the, um, the brig and with Liz are, are fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's pervy. He's, he's terrific. Yeah, it's um, good. And I like uh, the, it just gets better. I like their, I like Liz and him together. I feel like they have yeah. a good chemistry it's a shame that she doesn't stay on um but There's let's talk, i want to talk that... about something else in the uh the cast that is in the main room with cornish the woman yes. that does the countdown mm-hmm. that's like the blonde woman that's facing first and and saying her thing she's yep. i think she's just doing whatever did she look bored out of her mind to you or was that just me every time they like cut to her she just looked like she didn't even want to be there i don't know if she was mad at her agent like she she wanted some (laughs) other show and she got stuck on this dumpy sci-fi show that's the way i read it i don't know if she uh the countdown woman came across that way to you now the child that we saw before (laughs) she looked totally happy to be to be at um you know just be involved uh I mean, it didn't jump out at me, but um, yeah, sure, sure. I mean, for me, though, with the countdown stuff, it was just another one of these things where those sequences go on yes. forever. Yeah. So it's the refueling sequence and how much, you know, how much have they filled it yet? And, and when they're, it's just, it's just these, these scenes just go on and on and it's pseudo technical, you know, space jargon, but it doesn't really, I don't know. It just, they just went way too long. We got a um, lot of locations in this one. Like it, we yeah. really had a. You know, you've got the spot where they're keeping the prisoners and jacking them up on uh, uh, radiation and isotopes or whatever. You've got the main place with Cornish where they're communicating yep. and shooting rockets up and down. You've got exterior stuff. You've got that abandoned warehouse so shootout stuff. Yeah, you've got the. Um, gravel dump rock area where they bury the guys because they yep. died of radiation yep so you get to see all yep. of that you get space stuff you get the spaceship the alien spaceship where the aliens behind venetian blinds now if they had come from venus that one couldn't they have dude, come from venus behind the venetian blinds be i feel like that would have been a venus those would have been a, those would have been venusian blinds yeah that's true yeah, yeah. Fair uh, but we also had so I want to come back to the alien behind the Venusian blinds but uh, also we had the exterior shots of I guess it was probably like a chemical refinery or yep. oil refinery or something but that was supposed to be the exterior where they can pump in whatever gases they need for the, for the decontamination rockets. and whatever yeah. but there was like several times where that was this, the point of failure where two different sabotage attempts uh, took place yeah. one when they someone knew how to go and karate chop the two guards that happened to be guarding the entire place go know which exact things to twist in order to screw up the fuel ratio which causes the ship to go too fast and the doctor to oh that doc- pull a nice the doctor's mug. face when like, the g forces that yeah. was ridiculous that was, fun. That was fun. i tweeted that picture out because it was just <laughs> it it made me very happy that's how i felt um, so there was that and then watching then the second attempt, when he goes and takes a plastic tube and just connects it to a, a lug nut, 
<laughs> apparently that'll work and that uh puts in whatever gas to knock out the doctor um but it was just like those i don't know those sequences i just felt super, well, so spe- silly spe- uh, speaking of sequences that are useless but they're just there yes. um so you get you have liz goes through this whole uh thing with the with the scientist to try to do her escape which is nice because yes. at least establishes the scientist rede- uh, scientist is redeemable uh, so you get that, but she literally leaves, escapes, runs down the street, and, get, and immediately gets in the car with Tatalia. Right, and then is right Who back. Who just found her immediately? She, like that was that was luck silly. that he's driving at the moment that she's out. But it was like so they did all that on that road, and yeah. nothing came of it other than I guess just to establish that this scientist is looking is a baddie for but we knew that it was a baddie no 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 uh, not that scientist i mean the scientist that helps her escape so there's a scientist that oh, is like yes. whether or not sorry, you're, you're a right. prisoner i'm free to go but we're Lennox. ready to go because i'm disgraced so we right, right, right. you know he gave her the key so that was yeah that other scientist that like the fact that he so pulls a gun on the doctor and then yeah. later they're still kind of cool with him but it's like i don't know if you should yeah, but he he was. Uh, but then he got blown up by a briefcase, and which then he was got blown great. up by a briefcase, and that's when I wanted I liked... the doctor to be like, "Tatalia was a pimp. He never could have outfought Sentino." <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? The Godfather. No talking... <laughs> sure. I never knew until now that it was Carrington the whole time, guys. No, not a doctor, not a Godfather fan, Dan. All right, just where, end where this podcast. The podcast is over. <laughs> No, I just want to talk about Dune instead. So, yes. Uh, the weird jazz was good. Anyway. Music was good. Mo- music was interesting. And at times, dreamy. Like There was like a dreamy yeah. element to it uh, that I enjoyed. I uh, I did have a problem with the special effects in most cases in this story. Um, I'm trying to think I of think any of them. The for, lasers? Uh, like the... the, the when you no, get those, killed those were fine. For me, it was it was the space thing. So you see, I think it's when the doctor is is launched, and you see the rocket go up. It is the worst looking thing. We have this um, miniature that's shot in front, and there's like video behind it. I guess it was on like a on a chroma key screen behind it. But what was behind it didn't look like anything real. It yeah. just looked like static or something. And and the rocket just looks super fake, and the you know fire flying out of it just looked dumb um it would have been just better had they used stock footage instead in that case some other miniatures just didn't work for me at all like the you see the space capsules in space coming into dock with each other it feels like even in earlier who like in in previous years um those were even better maybe it's the fact that it's in color and maybe it's shot with on different stock or something but just didn't feel as good as or as convincing as some miniatures did even in older stories it just didn't work for me I thought it was interesting the oh god so the doctor goes up he uh there some huge red disc comes flying through space they think it it uh they collided and the doctor's capsules exploded but no it actually kind of picked scooped him up and he's in what looks like either a trachea or a sphincter his his (laughs) ship is inside it looks really really strange and then he gets Another special effect that's horrible. Like, that's fine. It's, it's interesting. At least it's something totally different than we've seen before. The doctor gets out of the capsule, takes a step, and then just floats down to the ground. Yeah. And it's just the worst. It, it just is, looks it is so bad. That was very, very bad. bad. And then you see the, the creature. And he goes in and he sees the crew members. I thought it was actually interesting. The crew members that are there, and they have this mind control. So they think they've just been in quarantine for a few hours. And really, it's been however knows whoever knows how long, days at least, months maybe. Uh, they're sitting there watching a uh, soccer match. And then you see the screen come up, and there's the the creature, and it it does look like it looks like an '80s video, and I couldn't find. I need to find exactly what it was. There's a specific video about magic, and there's Venetian blinds, and it's the exact same colors. It's not the cars. I went searching for it, but I couldn't find anything. Anyway, wait, it's about not magic? important. Yeah, this, one of the lyrics is I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Not important. It's like Steve strange Miller thing band? to do though. But it was it was is it Abracadabra by Venetian Steve blind. Miller Band? Maybe. Could be. I'll go find. I'll see if that's it. Yeah. Um, totally irrelevant to any of this. <laughs> I just wanted to get to the point that we have the have a creature behind Venetian blinds with really bad video effects over it, and the actor that's portraying this creature is just doing interpretive dance the entire time. His hands just keep I'm assuming he, but their hands keep moving around and as he talks and it just it just looked completely ridiculous. But it was an interesting kind of plot point. Um 
that the doctor's able to 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 talk to this guy and say, you know, we'll get your ambassadors back, and was able to, you yeah. know, again use his brains instead of being, you know, a, a judo master um, to handle the story, which is great. Go that's it. That's all I have to say. Yeah, my feet hurt too. What? Yeah. Uh, do we have anything else about this? I feel like we covered a lot of it. I know we got some feedback, but did you did you have anything else, Dean? Uh, I feel like it was. Uh, it also for for a story that was so long, the ending felt very abrupt. Oh yes, didn't it? Talk about like the all ending, of a sudden it was that, just like right. no, 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 you guys just figure it out. We're we're gone. Like I was very surprised when it did end. Yeah, yeah. It just. But he didn't even, like, he didn't even say, you guys take care of this. It was just, like, just walks off the set. Like, I think Pertwee just yeah. decided to walk off yeah, the set. Yeah, it was like, we're like, done. I'm done. I've hit my... We are done. I've hit my... Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't um, know. I, I felt like it was a very average. It was nowhere near as good as Spearhead from Space. I no. liked, from what I remember, the Solorians a lot more. And what comes yes. after this? Do you remember? Uh... Yeah, I, I don't, don't remember. I can see right now. Um, but I don't the know if we did. The next one it. is Inferno. Oh, Inferno. Oh, Inferno was like Inferno a lot. So this is the definitely the weakest of this first first season. Wow, so we we saw the enti- his entire first season. Good for us. We did it, guys. We really and we don't remember we really any of it. We did it. <laughs> Which is great. I don't uh, know. What did what did uh, sorry, unless I'm... you have anything else? Do you have anything else you want to no, I was just going to load up the video for Cadabra to make sure that was it. Um, yeah, we got so. Uh, I have no idea. I can't remember for... the video for Abracadabra. I just know it is you a can... magic based song from the 80s. Feel so. free to cut all of that bullshit out. It had nothing to do with anything. It's all fine. Um, okay. That's our so... bread and butter, Dan. <laughs> the right, the right, uh, useless bullshit uh, is ours. Um, okay. Sorry. I'm just, I need to filter these notifications because now I have. All right. Well, while you're doing that, I would just like to say, uh, wear a mask. No, that's not what I wanted to say. (laughs) I wanted to say I would like to thank uh, listener uh, Christopher Calloway. I'm sorry. I I never know if you're supposed to say people's names or not. But the fact that he has a podcast called Creator Talks uh, podcast, I feel like makes him a public person. So I'm allowed to say his first and last name. But he sent us a very nice letter to our P.O. Box, 2131 Red Bank, New Jersey, 07701, requesting stickers. Included a nice piece of uh, a handwritten letter congratulating us on our 100th episode and a membership card in the Doctor Who U.S. Fan Club. So now we are official members, Dan, of the Doctor Who Fan Club for the United States of America. It's an honor. There's only one card. Which of us will get it? I don't know. It's at my house. You probably will never see it. And uh, maybe we can share <laughs> fine. share custody every other weekend or something. Uh, we can meet in a post office and exchange the card back and forth. I think you should just keep it. Whenever I need it, I'll dress up as you. Oh, and, that works. Uh, I'll take the card. I think it's fine. That's our plan anyway. Um, that was very nice. So thank you very yeah, much very for, the, cool. for the lovely, so lovely you. letter. And if you and the, you don't, that was great. you certainly don't have oh. to send us cards. Although those no. are great, but if you just want those stickers, we still have some. So send a self-addressed stamped envelope, and I will send you a sticker. Awesome, cool, cool. So beyond that, we also got a bunch of response on Twitter. Um, that's at TODW Show on the Twitters. Um, asking what you folks yeah, thought about this story. Yeah, what did people think? Is this considered a high mark or a low mark? I don't know where well, people fall with it. I didn't look to go see like uh, Doctor Who magazine or something, like one of those rankings. You, you can take a look yep. if you want to. I'm going to guess it's somewhere right in the middle. Um, but it seemed like from the people that uh, responded on Twitter that it's a pretty well-liked story. Um, more, more pro than con. Okay. And, and the cons are pretty much just kind of neutral, more so than negative. Um, so Paul Paranoid says, oh, <laughs> so I just tweeted this out asking for your feedback and I just couldn't, uh, let the, uh, hey-ho, uh, go. So I had to put that as the, as a shot for it. So, um, so it's like the, the do- old Doctor Who show van, uh, says Paul Paranoid. Uh, Jeff Waddle says, um, I like it, but only because it's so different. Yes, as usual, you could knock a couple of episodes off. Agreed. Could yeah. Knock three episodes I off. I think 100%. Great. And, and they, you know... Back then, they have so many episodes to fill, and I guess they didn't have the money to just... If you would cut two episodes off, let's say, 
and then did a two-parter. Give us a new yeah. two-parter. But I guess budgets, That's what I'm whatever. It's fine. Well, they went over budget on this one because of all the car chases and et cetera. Um, did they really? The helico- helicopter they really? chase as well where they're throwing oh, out yeah, smoke Oh, yeah, there is yeah. a helicopter. Uh, there, there's a helicopter chase. There's there's a lot of chase scenes that happen. Um, so, yeah, they went over budget. And, I, and the, the supporting cast is huge as well, like unnamed, uncredited unit soldiers and whatever. So yeah. it was a pretty big cast. I can see why. Um, but Jeff goes on to say, um, could knock a couple episodes off, but Pertwee and Liz are good together. I even like the abrupt abrupt ending where Pertwee says, not my problem, and just goes back to his cheese board and wine. <laughs> uh, in, in fact, if he had gone to a cheese board and wine, I would have liked that better. Yeah, that <laughs> it's been, been more of like, really put a button on that one. <laughs> um, the Doctor Who show, not to be confused with the old Doctor Who show, says... Originally saw it in black and white, which added massively to the spookiness of the earlier episodes. And particularly, as a result, I think it. I've always overlooked... I'm going to start this one again because my words yeah, you aren't you got a, a hard time there. The Doctor Who show says, Originally saw it in black and white, which added massively to the spookiness of the earlier episodes particularly. And as a result, I think I've always looked at it in a way that people who have only ever seen it, the colorized version don't. Ditto for the Damons too. Um, I think it would, this would have benefited from being in black and white uh, as well. Um, I don't know. Something about the effects. I, there's something about them just didn't feel right. But maybe it also made it. A more yeah, I mean, I, I I think that's that works. I like the design of the uh, space suits. You know, with the helmets mm-hmm. and everything. And like, if it wasn't in tan, but it was a black and white view of them, it probably would look a lot better than that cat. Yeah, and also or whatever. The the uh, alien astronauts that come back and their faces are covered, so you can't yeah, see them through the mask cool. and all. That was actually really cool too. It might have been even more uh, interesting if you couldn't quite make it out because it was in black and white. Yeah, yeah. So just That's set your cool. TV to black and white next time you watch it. I should just do that. Uh, John Seymour says, uh, "Not the best Pertz story, uh, but good fun." Not sure the plot makes any kind of sense though. Well, as evidence of about Eric and I going back and forth about trying to figure out what the plot actually was, kind of agree there. Um, goes on to say the aliens are spooky. Uh, Cyril Shaps gets the second of his three Doctor Who deaths. Not sure who that actor is, but that's cool. Yeah, okay. uh, and the magic van is fun. Uh, but where is the where is uh, Tatalian meant to be from exactly? France, Germany, Al- yeah, <laughs> Alabama, Chiswick. I, at first, I thought <laughs> yeah. that he was supposed to be like a German I scientist so. or something. But then I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure at that. that, that I don't think he had conviction to really. Yeah, he couldn't carry the accent through. He just wanted to give us a, a flavor of it. Now, why was uh, thank he you, killed? As always. Why was he killed? I mean, loose ends. Loose ends, but he doesn't kill others. I don't people. think they trusted him. They, don't, they didn't trust him. He was kind of, uh, yeah, they just didn't trust like him. Like, he keeps so Liz I, I, on. Whatever, it's fine. I mean, it was, it was, it was cool that they gave him the briefcase to go kill the doctor, and it's going to be 15 minutes to set it, and then when he turns his back, they switch the timer to one with like an instant, which I is I love of fun. that, too. I love the fact that it's like an explosive device designed to kill two people. It goes off, and then the doctor's able to read yes. the zero. Like, he's able to still see that piece, that it, enough yeah. of it's left that he could just eyeball and be like, oh, this was set to zero, so therefore he was... Yep. And how did the doctor and survive had- that? Not sure. He had like a bandage on his cheek, and that was it. And I wonder <laughs> if that's like Pertwee vanity. It's just like I no, this that's enough. I don't need to be all bloodied. A up lot and... of people don't know that uh, Nelly was a really big Pertwee fan. That's actually where the band aid thing came from. Wow that that took a while to get there. And, and I know because no I, I couldn't remember anymore. his name. <laughs> I had, I had neither, to look up. Canelli. I had to look up hot in here uh, to uh, figure <laughs> out that it was Nelly. Hot in her. Yeah, let's go. Okay, uh, next, uh, Simon Hart. Simon Hart just moved right past it. Simon Hart says, uh, oh, Liz in a magnificent hat. There you yeah, go. Yeah, the big old cowboy hat. And then boots. Uh, oh, Cyril Shaps as a very nervous scientist. So, wait, was that Cornish? or we No, I think that was right that was the good science, quote-unquote, you know, the, the disgraced scientist oh. that turn, goes good. I'm assuming that's Gotcha. Lennox? About. Yes, it was Lennox. You're right. Okay, so that was Lennox. Cool. Uh, a huge conspiracy, some great fights, brilliant direction. It's all rather cool. Reagan is a very underrated, sadistic villain that never gets enough credit. Uh, it's long but enjoyable. You know what? We actually didn't even talk about 
uh, we did the, the bad guy or the one hoodlum, of the bad yeah, guys. Yeah, except that he got shot in the wrist. Very um, he was good sociopathic in his in his portrayal. Just like cool, didn't care about the deaths. No, um, I liked him. Definitely he had was, something going, was, and was, was kind of suave at the same time. Yeah. He was like in the mold of like a Bond villain kind of thing. I very much he, so. Could have. He was, he was a but he wasn't actor. even like. He wasn't like the main villain in any way either. He was definitely supporting. He was just supporting the general in all of this. Right. Um, you seem like he could have probably. He'll go wanted either to way. Take over or He'll something. He'll go where the money is. He's yeah. very cold he's, and calculating and sociopathic. He's a cool character. You're right. Thank you uh, for uh, pointing us back to that, Simon. That's great. Good job. Um, City of Jeff says the most season seventy story in season seven. Hmm. I'm not sure what that means. The most seventy okay. story of season seven. Uh, the the most season seventy story in season seven. So this is like the epitome of season seven. But I, I think know. like maybe. But I mean, like Inferno is a better story in my opinion. And kind of, it doesn't matter. Well, Spirit great, from great opinion. space is a better story. That's sure. a great story. Sure. I don't. I I honestly. I'm, I mean, I don't understand necessarily what that means. City of Jeff, write us back and let us know what we meant. City of Jeff uh, goes on to say, great music, amazing atmosphere in places. Hard sci-fi in a very who way. Uh, plus that scene where the doctor comes around and he's reunified with Liz makes even my cold heart melt. Love it. That's true whenever the doctor's captured after being gassed and uh, they're reunited in that bunker. Yeah. Um, and he's like sees Liz and instantly is like, I feel much better now. That was that was a nice little moment. I love it. Um, City Jeff also says, hey ho, let's go um, in response to the, the van, which is nice. Um, okay, uh, Connor Atkins says, uh, my 12th favorite Doctor Who story. <laughs> wow. I mean, uh, damning it with faint praise, but okay, that's cool. <laughs> um, Simon, uh, oh, Simon came back and said again, the music is really great. Uh, Dudley playing it cool. Okay. Uh, Diva Hawkins says, uh, I can't get it even from a torrent. Oh, uh, hard to find, I guess, uh, to find this story. Uh, Britbox, Britbox US. That's where we watched um, it. I think they also have like seven day trial. So if you wanted to just give it a shot and, and see if you like it, um, we have been enjoying it that way, which is great. So much easier than trying to find it all across the internets. Uh, Matthew says it's good, but a tad overrated. And the music is amazing. Yeah. I thought they, So this yeah, is several I people, including you saying uh, about the music. I mean, I liked it. It didn't really jump out at me as being anything. It was stellar, different, it, but it did, it, it didn't feel like the typical music that you would get in these like there was interesting choices made like yeah. the flute part it was like okay and then it, it had like a very kind of dreamy quality towards the end so i, I like it. it was an interesting choice for them to use uh the yakety sax benny hill song when liz was being chased yeah, and why she was, was wearing weird. a bikini top i don't know but um otherwise the music was good hair of the hound uh does say uh the ambassador's twang of death i'm not going to do the sound of ambassadors <laughs> of death is one of my favorites of this season really guys our uh, our audio effects are Top par notch. excellence here um fun fact the hey ho launderers sign on regan's van comes from the brilliantly na- named production manager uh margo hey ho margo hey ho oh, uh Margot who Hayo. worked with the five doctors p.s check out adrian salmon's Doctor Who magazine illustration uh, below, which is actually a really... I'm going to retweet this right now so you folks can see that. Um, it is a really cool comic illustration uh, panel of one of the uh, alien astronauts with his hands glowing with radiation uh, hovering over the Doctor and the brig in the background with a gun. It is a really cool illustration, so check that out. Uh, John Porter says, A bit long but thoroughly enjoyable with some excellent sequences. Yeah, sure. cool. Uh, uh, World Enough in Time podcast says, Not my fang. Uh, some good set pieces, but way too long. thousand percent on that one. Um, this is the... Oh, uh, Doctor Who Solitaire Story... Doctor what? Who Solitaire Story Game. Okay. That's at DWSSGO101. Um, says, Great Baking from uh, Margot. On that one, in reference to the van. Uh, Curse of Cedric, that's funny, uh, says, uh, it's superb, great story, great cast, great direction, great musical score, and Liz Shaw is on top form. You can keep your Inferno ambassadors is where it's at. Hot take, no way. Inferno is much better than this story, uh, in our opinions. 
Hey, but did, that's cool. did we Thank know, uh, speaking, uh, Liz Shaw, did she have life after who in, like, uh, Big Finish stories, or does she... No, they killed her after this. They literally killed her. She gets killed? No, I, no, I have no, oh, I have no. The Yeah, I think she no, leaves, um, or she goes off into unit, or she gets transferred or something, but I'm wondering, because I really like her, and it seems like a lot of people do like Liz Shaw, like, did she live on in novelizations yes. or comics, or... so. Big finish. Yes, she she does um, the four or just the four stories in season seven. She does the, tw- the five doctors. Um, she's in something called Probe, which I don't know what that is. P R O B E is an acronym. Um, then she does a whole bunch of uh, audio stories, companion chronicles, um, short trips, third Doctor adventures, and then the character appears in a lot of novelizations and stories and comics as well. So there you go. that's good. To, I'm glad you asked that because you're right. It is a great character. I'm glad that it, um, she had a life that, that continues on in the canon, if not on the show. It's pretty cool. Um, let's see. Uh, Rusty Wolf 9 says, The overlooked story of season 7, but it's my favorite of that season by a country mile. Oh, huh. all right, well. More twists than a twisty thing. There are a lot uh, of twists. The Liz Chase sequence and battle in the warehouse are reason enough to love it. People well, the battle of, the battle opinions. in the warehouse is very epic. Like I was not expecting the amount of violence and shooting and punching. Like there's hand to hand combat. Like they they yeah. went all out. So it felt like a it, little. It's funny much. though. The uh, the baddie that's sent out there. Uh, so the, the you have the the two radio operators that are sending the signal. They send the one guy out to try to delay unit and says they say uh, try not to hurt anyone. Don't 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 kill anyone unless you have to. Yeah. And as soon as he sees someone, it's shoot to kill. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. the first thing he did. Was, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Paul Paranoid says. I don't have fond memories of this one. Uh, it feels like Doctor Who is too closely aping its parent Quartermass uh, or Gary Anderson's UFO. I'm not familiar with either of those, no. but okay. Um, the unit era finds its voice around the end of Season 7 with Inferno, consolidating through Season 8 with the introduction of Katie Manning and uh, Delgado. Um, I, can, I can be on board with that as well. So that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then... <laughs> I did also tweet out that picture of uh, the doctor going up in the capsule with his face all blue and the <laughs> G-forces. Yeah. Uh, to which uh, Time Lord Victory Bus, great name, uh, says, how does Pertwee look like Eddie Izzard in this picture? And you know what? Kind of. Looks like a Smurf yeah. Eddie Izzard, which is kind of fun. Anyway, so that's that's a lot of uh, feedback. Thank you, folks. Um, it looks like we have a, a range of opinions on this, but generally people enjoyed this story a lot. Um, you're all wrong. Inferno is a better story, but that's fine. Have your own podcast and tell us why we're different. Um, if you'd like to reply, you can send us um, tweets at TODW Show on Twitter. Um, check out on uh, Wednesday. I guess that's today if you're hearing this, or yesterday if you're listening to it in the past, or even further time. Yeah, it's we neat. don't know where they are. Uh, check out the tweet. Check out the um, the gifts that we'll be posting for this. Um, you can also check those out on Instagram, also at TODW Show. If you want to send us email, you can do that at the old Doctor Who Show at gmail.com. That's right. And as always, go to go to our website, the old Doctor Who Show.com to our episode pages. You can see all the previous stories that we've done. You can listen to audio directly on the site. Check out all the gifts, including the ones that we've put on Twitter and the ones that we haven't, because there's always a lot more. Um, so check those out. Um, at this point, we have 101 episodes for you to listen oh to. God. So we're, if you yeah, need something to occupy your time. It's now. It's like uh, anyone, we're a real boy. Anyone needs a little distraction uh, or something to drive them crazy, we got you covered there. So you can check those things out. Yeah, and I believe you had um, said it's possible maybe they can't listen to the first episode. Like it only goes. Um, yeah, our our, pod, our podcast feed, depending on the feed reader that you're using, may not carry more than 100 episodes in it. So now that we're at 101, we might start dropping some of those yeah. first ones. You don't want to listen to They're us always available the on the Aztecs. site. Let's be honest. Go back. I, I never want to listen you wanna to the watch first it, episode. <laughs> if you want to listen to it, go back. If you want to see how it all began, uh, it's always on the website. So you can yep, just go 100%. there to the show page and uh, listen to it right there. Um, so check it out there. Otherwise, Eric, is there anything else that we want to talk no, about? No, I we think just get out of this? I think we're done, Dan. Oh. Uh, did you already mention that what we're doing next? Because we uh, this I is didn't. Me, so we're going to move on to Tom Baker. So we're doing um, Megalos, Megalos, M E G L O S, Megals. We're doing Megals, the dancing clown. Uh, next, uh, cool. Megalos, Megalos. 
We don't know, but it's a Romana 2 story, I believe. I can't wait to find out how they pronounce it. And I, oh, Romana 2. So good. Very excited about yeah, that. But I mean, cool. I'm OG Romana. We know this. We know this. I know. We, we Mary Tam forever. <laughs> what? What happened? I can't, well, I can't finish that. <laughs> All right. I'm leaving now. All right. Yeah. On that note, uh, take the red pill. Uh, suicide. <laughs> yeah, I can't even say take the red pill because it probably means some kind of like weird it's right wing bullshit. And, like all of a sudden the Proud Boys just got activated because I said. Oh, this pill. has nothing to do with the show. But can I just tell you that on Twitter right now, my favorite thing is happening. Gay Twitter has taken over the hashtag Proud Boys yeah, uh, hashtag, and it's just, it's just dudes <laughs> kissing, and it makes me so happy. <laughs> Thank you for Gay Twitter taking co-opting the K-pop stands uh, uh, tactic. It's it's terrific. Anyway, that made me happy today. Anyway, thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you in three weeks. See you, everyone. Bye.